And I turned around, and there he is getting up off of the ground, holding his face, saying, I'm suing. We've said it before, and it holds true, of course, that uh, when we tell stories about being in showbiz, everyone wants to know the horror stories. Yep. Industry term for that is hell gigs. And uh, we entertain those all the time on this little project of ours. In fact, we have a whole series about them. Yep. Because uh, they're inevitable. And the longer you are in this business, the, <laughs> unfortunately, they're going to happen and you'll have stories. But why even, is that? Why? I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I guess, the same reason that the older I get, the more friends I survive, which I don't want to. But, <laughs> but it's going to happen, right? So. Um, we wow. just we're lucky that we get to be in the business or alive long enough to have hell gig stories. Okay. Yeah. Sure. We hope this is a return visit for you. If it is not, I will introduce myself. My name is Felix. I am a mentalist. I travel around the country doing that sort of thing. This is my partner Athena, former Las Vegas showgirl. And this is a project we put together a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, some what, sixty episodes or so ago. And uh this is fifty one. 51. Well, by the time this airs, but I guess, oh, okay, 51. <laughs> All right. It feels like a hundred. No. Wow. Actually, no, it's, Is it's that fun. bad, huh? This, no, was, I enjoy it. That's good. Yeah. We created this podcast to inspire other people to keep uh, dreaming and enjoy this when we keep or we call life. That's right. So this is one of the special episodes, as I alluded to, and uh, this is seasonally appropriate because we have horror stories about Halloween time gigs, Halloween yeah. time shows yeah. or events. Uh, which one of us should go first? I'll start because mine isn't really that involved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was my first time headlining um, for a burlesque show. And of course, my creepy doll act was requested because that was everyone's favorite of mine. I don't know why. Because <laughs> I was on point. I was a creepy doll. I don't know. Um, anyway, I don't know if there's any videos out there of that act on stage. But anyway, uh, it's a striptease act and I was dressed as a doll. Creepy doll to be exact. And so that, that kind of uh, was that. I made a lot of money with that act. <laughs> it's not a blood and gore act. It's, nope. a, it's creepy because of your eye colors, right? Yeah. The, yeah, that part of your outfit. Yeah, oh, here's a picture. <laughs> so when I did burlesque, I did not do the gore, even though the zombie burlesque show was, I think they called it zombie-lesque, was the reason I started doing burlesque in the first place. Uh, but I'm not a blood and gore kind of person. I will not watch horror films. So I did... Uh, just a cutesy, creepy act uh, for the Halloween shows every year. And that's where you made a lot of money as a burlesque performer. So uh, back to my story. I was headlining at a show at the, uh, well, it doesn't matter where, but it was a big stage and a very big theater. Probably, what, sat 500, 550? Is that what? We I think later. that's, yeah, yeah, close to cap, yeah. Full house, and it was one show. And, uh, of course, I think it was, like, probably the lowest he's ever paid a headliner, this particular producer, because I was the first, kind of, to do a real headlining show there. 
And um, it was uh, it was my creepy doll act, which I knew everyone wanted to see and loved. And then I had just created a new act that wasn't really horror. It wasn't really scary. Um, it was it was kind of like dry humor <laughs> kind of thing. I don't think anyone got it. Um, it's supposed to be disturbing more than anything. And uh, that's what this this story is about. I created that act the year that we had our first hug, which it was eight years ago. <laughs> our uh, our special hug that brought us together. I don't know if we've ever told that story. Maybe we should someday. So I brought this new-ish act. I had only performed it a handful of times, but it it was kind of creepy. Again, I didn't do horror and gross and scary. I did creepy. And so I thought it would be funny to have an act um, specifically to specific songs because it was created for a show that called The British Invasion. And I had to use songs from the artists responsible for the British, British Invasion. So I really love Tom Jones. I think his music is funny. <laughs> it's fun to listen to, but I, I thought, okay, how can I do Tom Jones song? This is kind of creepy. I thought of Edward Scissorhands and that whole scene uh, where he's whatever, assaulted by what's her name, Pig Bundy. <laughs> Actress. <laughs> anyway, uh, with these hands. And I thought, how can I do a, a an act um, to that song? And because I knew the next month I was headlining, I created this creepy act. So basically I had zombie hands that used to be my lover's hands. And I did this silly horror act in my gorgeous, like gazella glam, uh, classic burlesque costume. So I, I multi-purpose to that act. Uh, the only thing I made was the hands. Anyway, actually I didn't make the hands, I bought the hands. <sighs> Long story short, <laughs> I was headlining the show. And when you headline a show, you close the sets before the intermission and you close the show. And so I was closing the first set with my new-ish Halloween act, which was hands. And uh, I'm wearing four inch stilettos, spike heels, and long, flowy, gorgeous uh, panel skirt. And the girl, was it a girl? Somebody before me, I believe was a fire eater, had left all of their oil all over the stage. And I didn't know it, because I was backstage preparing, getting mentally prepared, and I had no clue that the person ahead of me had basically made the stage a complete disaster for me to uh, perform on. And so uh, I'm doing my thing. I'm in character, being sad that my lover is gone, but I have his hands. And I was walking and I all of a sudden I felt, when I took a step, I felt the stage move underneath me. <laughs> And then I saw, I looked down and I saw puddles of what looked like water, but it was actually, as far as I know, oil or something, because they have to, it's some sort of thing that they use uh, as fire eaters. I thought they just used alcohol and that's supposed to evaporate, but this was not evaporating. It was staying on the surface of the stage. And so I slipped and uh, it's not really noticeable in the video. I did watch it and I was just like, oh my God, that's where, where I almost fell. I almost 
I almost completely bit it on stage. Um, and so I just, to me, that was a horror story because I had no idea what I was walking into when I got on that stage. Um, and that was really unfortunate. And we talk about in our professionalism video and uh, we did another video about like, don't stink up the stage before <laughs> the next set, you know, be, be responsible. And, you know, some, some burlesque places will not allow you to, to do confetti cannons or anything like that because somebody could get hurt. <laughs> yeah, there's a rule about even having glassware on stage, you know, was, uh, if you're drinking, it must be a plastic vessel. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I had no idea until I got off and I was like, what happened? Like, why did I slip? And he told me, he's like, you didn't know. And I was like, no, I had no idea that anything had gone wrong. He said, they're wiping it up now. I'm like, why didn't they wipe it up before my act? <laughs> I was the headliner. That would have been probably the most embarrassing if I had actually fallen. I didn't That could have been a disaster. Uh, yeah, I could have yeah. hurt myself really bad. Yeah. Um, um, but I didn't. Embarrassing. Well, yeah. These, you know, these horrible tales, these hell gig stories, um, are what in one big caper world we would call juicy bits. So that's why they're kind of bonus because these are the juicy bits that people want to know about. But a couple of technical notes: there are three people at fault. Okay. For creating that hazard on your stage. Oh. Uh, one is the the performer, of course. You know, they were oh. sloppy. Yeah. Or they didn't. They didn't design into their act ways to keep the stage safe from their act. Um, so the other is the producer for scheduling that act or or putting that act in the bill right ahead of yours. Yeah. Without some kind of MC bit in the middle to take up the time for a kitten, who is the third person at fault, to come out and clean that up. So the kitten is in the burlesque world, um, kind of a, a stage assistant who is responsible for management of the stage and keeping it safe and cleaning up costume bits or uh, burlesque droppings, as they say, um, uh, just cleaning all that off, especially between acts. So there are three people at fault for creating that hazard. And that could have been a much yeah. more horrible story. So yeah. I'm glad that yeah. all's well, it ends well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, Oof. I had situations like that in, uh, in the show, in Jubilee, where, um, the smoke machine got a little overzealous mm -hmm. and there were pools of water collected on the stage and you know the straight stage stagehands did their best to clean it up it was dark when they were doing the set changes um but it, it occasionally happened but we would all warn each other you know i didn't have nobody warned me no one told me a thing until after <laughs> so like if i would have known i would have looked at the stage you know I, I would have done a glance just to make sure i knew what was going on and where to beware of but yeah the yeah so i hate to point fingers but um i think that was my last show there that was my last show uh with uh, that producer and on that stage same venue i know another performer a variety performer who will not ever perform in that venue because of safety reasons oh right we did we did creme deluxe after that mm -hmm. and yeah like uh they had a really cool dressing room up above the stage on the only dressing room actually in the theater <laughs> the other dressing rooms are in a building across the street this is like a bonus juicy bit <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh they were like oh you can put the headliner up there and i'm like 
She's gonna break her neck walking up or down those stairs that are probably as old as the theater, hundred some years old. Close now. Nobody's allowed up there. Oh, that oh that section. Because, because of the stretcher. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, they, I'm close. sure people still go up there to smoke their bowls. Because yeah. You're not supposed to go up there now because yeah. it's dangerous. <laughs> I wish I had footage of that. <laughs> Yeah. I spent a lot of time up there. Um, so is that volume to me? Yeah, I guess. I'm sorry. That was kind of a stinker story. No, not really. No? I mean, that's uh, that has a nice relationship with other things that we've talked about on this yeah. show. So um, yeah. yeah, I was reminded of mine by you because you know oh, we go yes. through all these different things and <laughs> and I forget. And this one goes back so far in my own career that. Uh, it's still a story, and I haven't completely forgotten it, of course, but it's been trumped by so many other experiences. But we're going to go back uh, to baby performer me. <laughs> baby. Um, baby. Yeah, it was, I was 18, I think. I was 18, and it was, uh, you know, an early paying gig. I was, uh, I think, still in high school. What? Barely still in high school, but uh, I was uh, a friend of mine who had partnered with me on a couple other shows. And we used to go out and perform on Pearl Street in Boulder together and, and did some things. Uh, came to me and he said, there's a Halloween party at an apartment complex. They're all getting together in the, uh, whatever you call it, community room. Uh, and they're having a party, costume party. We've been booked. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> sure. Uh, so what they wanted was kind of a... Uh, 20 minute, 20, 20 to 30 minute stage show, and then interactive close up. So, Jeff and I uh, were going to get together on stage and, and do present kind of a formal show. And that way, we don't have to introduce ourselves to everybody in the crowd. And then we would split up and go entertain people, uh, you know, smaller groups at a time, four at a time generally. And uh, I had, well, there was a person invited for the last act. On, in the stage part, invited up to the stage to cinch a straight jacket on my partner. Uh, and, and I'm doing this motion because uh, the last part of the straight jacket is a strap that goes between the legs and up the back and buckles in the center of the back. And so she was asked to cinch that one. And there's all kinds of uh, jokes. Some of them I hope are gone forever, but uh, you know, we're going back to pre internet times when saber-toothed cats were roamed the earth. Um, and and so uh, there were a lot of off-color jokes and that kind of thing. And and he had this person cinch this buckle and, and get him in good and tight. And yeah, uh, he did the escape. So then we, we broke off and, and I went and found a group of people who were kind of in the back and, you know, the wallflowers of the, of the whole party. And I was entertaining them and they true to their name that I gave them, uh, stuck around with their backs by, against the wall, right? So I had my my back to the whole party and I was in the middle of a routine for somebody and they interrupted me and said, someone just punched your partner. And I turned around and there he is getting up off of the ground, holding his face, saying, I'm suing. <laughs> We're not gonna get paid for this gig, are we? That's my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah. He found the same person who was the volunteer for getting him into the straitjacket and uh, made some uh, additional 
uh, misogynistic jokes, and her husband, who was dressed as a clown, came over and defended her honor with his right hand and knocked my partner to the ground, breaking his nose. He spent the rest of the evening in the hospital, and I went home without a paycheck. But a story that I'm telling however many years later now, how many years? Oh, my gosh. It's been a long time. It's been, yeah, maybe it's been like 32 years. Four. 34 years? Oh, 34 years. Yeah, 34 years ago, the story goes. Man. Goodness. Yeah. I was 10. Thanks for that. So, yes, that's a, that's a horror story and uh, an avoidable story. Uh, certainly a, a righteous story, given the new climate and, and how some of these disgusting jokes that uh, I didn't particularly care for them at the time. Uh, the way I was taught to perform magic back in the 1970s and 80s, uh, I was handed all of that humor from people who learned it when it was invented in the 1930s, when mm -hmm. uh, you know everything was, was different, not excusably so, but very different nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and one of the major reasons that I would never go back in time, given the option, I, I wouldn't go. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They were gross. People were disgusting back then. Not that they're much better now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You didn't get paid. Oh, definitely did not get paid. I never never received a check for that event. Um, and, and certainly, uh, fortunately, one of very few events that I ever had to help uh, uphold my money-back guarantee. Oh, all mm -hmm. right. Yep. I'll tell another story about my money-back guarantee in a future Hell Gig story. Oh, all right. Yeah, there's a teaser for a juicy bit another time. I'm really curious about this one. Wow. Yeah, I think it's the only time I had to hold up my guarantee the way it's written in the contract. Oh, okay. If you're not satisfied, absolutely don't have to pay me. I don't get that now very much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, did you ever perform with this dude again? No, that was our last show together. In fact, uh, he never performed again. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he found the error of his ways and good he's not a performer. He's, he stopped being a magician and a mime and all the different things that he explored as a younger person. He quit altogether, I believe. Somehow I stuck in there, but I didn't get my nose broken. Yeah. I wouldn't have anyway. I didn't make those kinds of jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And he's the same age as you? A little bit older. Oh, okay. A couple of years. I was going to say. It mattered when I was 18, but like not a, a big difference now. Well, yeah, but if you think about like, so if he was 20 or 21, hmm. like. Right. Good thing he learned his lesson early. I don't know. What does he do now? Do you know? Uh, yes. He's, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> I do know uh, he, he came to see one of my shows a few years ago. Okay. Um, I would say as many as, as six or seven years ago. He popped in and surprised me in the audience. So we hadn't seen each other. So that was a big surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, and we got re-familiar with each other, you know, cursory, you know, surface level kind of conversation. And that's about it. Okay. Uh, he was, he was proud to see that I still entertained and that I changed and or, like evolved and, mm -hmm. and got better. Yeah. 
right. Yeah, this is back in the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture or scan this document. I showed it to you. It's in one of those old punk rocker magazines I was sharing with one of the kids okay. uh, the other night. But it is a document that I had to have my parents fill out so that I could oh. perform in bars in the eighties. <laughs> And it works. I mean, it was uh, absolutely acceptable. It essentially indemnified a, an alcohol-serving venue uh, and allowed you as a minor to perform in a, in a bar. Well, should we, should we close this episode? Do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. I, I just will be rambling if I tell any more stories. I feel very rambly today. Now that that story is on record, I never have to tell it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it will come up. He told me, like, and I was like, oh, my God, when he told me that story. And uh, so I was telling him, I don't know, it was the other day when I was like, oh, we're filming this week. Do you have a Halloween hell gig story? And then he's like, no. And I was like, yeah, you do. (laughs) There's that one. There's that one. As always, you can uh, comment below with any questions or suggestions for future episodes. And reach us at hello at onebigcaper.com. And we will see you next month. We're going to be talking about some um, some performer things, as usual. <laughs> Performers and money. How's that? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Uh, so thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.